Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, listeners. It's that day that's all about love. Cherish it with your loved ones. You know, if you got a fireplace, start a fire. You know, get you a glass of wine, maybe some chocolates. You know, turn on your stereo, your phone, and hook up that podcast, Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. It's your boy. I'm back. Um, very excited for today's episode. It is track number 73, my favorite number. Don't ask me why. Um... So I'm excited to be, you know, just one episode closer to the 100th episode. You know, we we getting there. It's coming soon. And I'm, I'm trying to plan something special for it. So look out for that. Um, but this week, you know, we're back to basics. I'm going to give you a song of the week. Hit you with the press play segment. Let you know about a bunch of things you should be looking out for. It's going to be it has been a busy month. and It's going to be a busy month. Um, as well as the dig deeper segment this week, I'm going to be, um, very quickly discussing culture two by Migos. And then you already know, I will be discussing, um, the black Panther soundtrack, black Panther, the album by Kendrick Lamar and TDE. So you do not want to miss that. But without further ado, let's jump right into the song of the week. Now, it's Valentine's Day, so I I have no choice but to give you a love song, a, a nice R&B joint on Valentine's Day. And honestly, I don't think there is a better Valentine's Day song, a better love song out there than this song by Music Soulchild. And it's called Love. You all know it. You all have heard it. You all love it. This is like, this hits all the notes from what you want an R&B song to sound like, a love song to sound like. And music does it so effortlessly and so flawlessly um, on this track. So the song of the week for this week is Love by Music Soul Child. Woo! It's a classic. It really is. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Let's jump right into the press play segment. 
this is where I keep you hip to some things you should check out in hip-hop and R&B, talk about some rumors that have been floating around, some announcements that were made, as well as uh, let you know about some albums that were recently released that you should check out, as well as some ones that are upcoming that you definitely should check out. Uh, So let's get started with the things you should check out. Um, Number one on the list is a new song by Jameson. Uh, Jameson, I've talked about him on the podcast, I believe track number 29, I did an artist spotlight on him if you want to go back and listen to that, Um, but he's an R&B singer from Michigan who's been putting out music for a while now, he just released a new single called So Badly, and as usual with him the song is mad soulful he wrote it himself he produced it himself he mixed it himself like he's really in the business for himself um performed all the instruments except for the drums the piano and the strings dude is talented and he can really sing and his new song is Flame. So you should definitely check that out. As you know, everything from this segment will be in the podcast newsletter um, on thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com unless you are subscribed uh, to the email newsletter. And that means you probably already have um, the newsletter in your inbox or it's coming. Um, next up, it was a, a good time for LA Leakers um, with their... Um, radio station they've had Kaz deliver a freestyle and Amine deliver freestyle they both killed it they weren't together but um um Kaz you know he just released his album affected yesterday um and Amine you know he just wanted to he just wanted to flex a little bit uh, but they both deliver some great bars Amine getting a little political but you know, they're both two talented, talented rappers and artists. So you definitely want to check out um, their verses off the top or even if they were written um, on L.A. Leakers. Next up, Vic Mitza. Um, he dropped off a freestyle slash song, uh, Diplomatic Immunity, where he he took the beat that Drake just made on Diplomatic Immunity and he decided to to make his own song to the same beat um and it's tight i mean we all know vic can spit that's just that's just facts um but he also he also takes some some shots at uh at joe budden and possibly dj academics in it and you know they have history vic mensa and dj academics at least um so you should definitely listen to it because it's it's real hip hop. Vic is spitting. Um, he really really takes that beat and runs with it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a song that you should have heard at least once. Um, next thing you should check out somebody on YouTube. Uh, let me let me plug him. Let me plug him. Um, Michael Wilburn is his name, but it looks like his YouTube page is he he takes songs and he uh. Um, he like combines them and makes a remixes, whatever. But there have been three different versions of the weekend by SZA. You know, SZA did hers, Division did a remix, and Wale did a remix. So on this YouTube page, you can find where they put all three of them together. So it's like a weekend, like mega mix, you could call it. Um, and it's dope. It's dope. I love all three of their contributions to that song individually SZA obviously is her song she kills it by herself Division's remix is tight and Wale's spin on it is also pretty good so to hear all of those together um is definitely nice so you definitely want to check that out as well um Drake uh it's not his song this is a guy named Block Boy from Memphis released a song called Look Alive and a video and Drake is featured on it but Drake Drake has more like lyrics on it than Block Boy, so people have been thinking that it was Drake's song, but it's actually Block Boy's song that Drake is featured on it. But you know, Drake's dropping an album this year. It's it's Six God Sees It. He's gonna be dropping stuff like this. Um and on the song, it's pretty do- so Block Boy, if you've been seeing this dance and this challenge that's been taken over called the Shoot Challenge, where it kinda looks like they're like 
you know, shaking a shake weight while jumping up on one. It's it's hard to explain, but you know it if you see it. It's called, just put hashtag shoot challenge in on Instagram or YouTube and you'll see what I'm talking about. But Block Boy is the dude that came up with that dance on his song Shoot. Um, and so Drake uh, was featured on this song and they're dancing and doing that dance in the video for Look Alive. And he's kind of, he's got his project Pat Flow going, you know, he's from Memphis um, and it's a good it's a good offering. You know, it's not the best thing Drake's ever done, but the flow is nice. Um, the hook is nice. The beat is flames. Um, so, you know, it's a good offering from Drake, you know, to hold us over until we get some more official stuff from uh, Drizzy. So you should definitely check that out as well. Um, if you like classical music and you also like Runaway by Kanye West, then you might be into this. Um, Westworld apparently is coming back season two, I think in like April or something like that. And on the soundtrack for this season is a version of Runaway, but it's like it's done like in a classical way. And it's kind of tight. I don't even really, you know, mess with classical music like that. I mean, who really does? I mean, I'm sure there are some people, but, you know, it has to be a minority, you know. Um, But uh, and I, I really like the song. Um, you know, it's runaway, but you know, it's, it's, there's a lot more like strings and swelling the orchestra and all of that. Um, so it's definitely something to listen to if give you an alternative way to listen to that joint. Um, next up Meek Mill joined T Grizzly, you know, for someone who's in jail, he's really finding a lot of ways to get some music out, which is to be expected. Um, but, you know, T Grizzly put out this joint called First Day Out, you know, when he was released from prison. And now Meek Mill hopped on the remix. It's T Grizzly and Meek Mill, and they both bodied it. They both bodied it. Like, Meek Mill is really like, yo, don't forget about me because I'm going to be coming with that heat when I get out. Um, and it's it's a, it's a nice track. So you definitely want to check out that remix. Um, Jamila Woods, who put out her album Heaven. Uh, I want to say that was two years ago. Actually, that might have been, yeah, two years ago in 2016 um, from Chicago. She was on Tiny Desk, um, you know, that NPR thing they do where in the NPR offices you do a little performance. She was on that um, recently, and she performed, um, I want to say it was three songs. I'm pretty sure she did black girl soldier um she performed uh a cover of something else something called giovanni um i think it was inspired by the nikki giovanni poem ego tripping um and then she also performed holy and you know she's got a great great voice and you know she had a crew with her musicians and she delivered a a dope um a dope performance you know if you ever see that any artist that you like um doesn't a tiny desk performance or a tiny desk concert you want to check it out because it's you know it's an intimate performance and you and a lot of times they do stuff that you may have never heard of and it's just it's just a dope you know avenue and medium for artists to you know perform so you definitely should check that out um couple music videos uh all the stars um one of the songs from the black panther album the first one to be released um with kendrick and SZA. um music video was released for that it was directed by day free and the little homies which is you know um people who pretty much direct most of kendrick's videos if not all um so they directed the video and it's it's like it's black pride and the culture all through and through, you know, I don't know where they um, filmed it, but it's very colorful and, you know, they got the African garb all through it. It's a, it's a dope video. There's definitely some black Panthers in it, like the actual Panthers in it. Um, so that was dope. You should check that out. Also, um, Wu-Tang dropped off the music video for lesson learned, which is the joint that Redman. um, is featured on most heavily uh, with Inspector Deck. Uh, so that video is, you know, it's Wu-Tang all day. So um, you want to check that out as well. Uh, a few interviews. Uh, if you have not read the Quincy Jones interview at this point, you need to. So 
Check that out. Quincy Jones is turning 85 and he decided to just air everybody's dirty laundry and just be a old man and not care what he says. He talks from everything from Richard Pryor to Marlon Brando to Michael Jackson to T-Pain. You want to read this interview because every you've been hearing people say you like Brazilian music. It's because of this interview. Like and you'll get it in context, but you just you need to read it. It's it's for the culture. Um, another interview that you should read or a feature you should read, Donald Glover was featured by Esquire, um, and they did a nice piece on him. Uh, you know, it's a big time for Donald Glover. He just received his first Grammy. Um, Atlanta season two is dropping in like three weeks. Um, and also, I think in May, uh, the Star Wars film Solo that he's in um, will be dropping in theaters so you know big year for donald glover so you know definitely look into this feature on him finally in the things you should check out nas this actually happened like two years ago but pbs just aired it on their i think it's called great performances or something like that um but nas was at the national with was with the National Symphony Orchestra at the Kennedy Center in DC and he performed in its entirety uh the Illmatic album backed by the National Symphony Orchestra it's too dope i watched it Nas is up there in a tux looking fresh and he he performs the entire album it's it's dope it's a new way to hear the album and it's you know if you're a Nas fan if you're a hip-hop fan if you're a New York fan if you're a classical musical orchestral fan then you will appreciate this so you definitely want to check that out let's jump into the rumor mill and the announcements um first up let's um you know, say congratulations to Logic and his impact because um, it was noted that after he released his song, the Suicide Hotline song, after it was released, there was a 50% surge in calls to the hotline. And then after he performed at the Grammys most recently, they received three times the amount of calls that they usually would in the same period. So, you know, he's having an impact with that song. And no matter what people think about Logic as an artist and what he chooses to rap about, that song specifically and what he's doing with it is admirable. And it's a great way for him to raise awareness about a thing that people probably don't think about too often. So shout out to Logic. Um, also, a shout out to the success of Migos. They recently listened to this. You're not going to believe this. They tied the Beatles for the most simultaneous Hot 100 singles by a group that's that's wild the beatles are we're 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 for real and they also got a number one album with culture two um with 199,000 in the first week so shout out to migos they're obviously having lots of success more on them later um good music signed a new artist his name is valley he's a 28 year old chicago rapper and producer um push signed him like a few weeks ago um you know he's he's put out um some releases called yo Gotti, cole han um he's got a mixtape called 1988 that you should check out so you know he's got work out here so check him out we'll see you know if he's incorporated you know into cruel winter which might be releasing maybe not i'm losing hope um I don't know, but but look out for him because he'll probably be doing some work with some good music artists um, in the near future. Um, Most Def or Yasin Bey, excuse me, um, announced that there might be a Mad Lib produced Black Star album in the works. Might get it this year. Who knows? But that is that's classic hip hop right here, right there. We haven't heard anything from Black Star in a while. Um, in Mad Lib, uh, you know, whenever he collaborates with them, you get some fire. So I really hope that that comes to fruition. Um, and then finally, Cash Money announced that the documentary on them will be releasing on Apple, not Apple 16th, February 16th. Um, so that's Friday. Um, so we'll see what that's about. You know, interesting that they're, you know, already putting out documentaries when they have so much inner turmoil. But... 
Um, I digress. Um, so let's jump into the upcoming or recently released albums. As I mentioned, uh, last Friday, Kendrick and TDE dropped off Black Panther, the album. Two Chains dropped off an EP called The Play Don't Care Who Makes It is Fire. Uh, Raven Lene, who is a R&B singer from Chicago, dropped off her EP Crush. Um, this was all on Friday. Yesterday, Kaz from Dreamville dropped off his album Affected. Um, this Friday, Nipsey Hussle will be dropping off um, his project Victory Lap. Um, features a nice verse from Kendrick on the song Dedication. Um, in Tokyo, also a Chicago rapper, will be dropping off his project on Friday called Dot www. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, so after a short break, I will be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, this week I will be discussing Culture 2 by Migos as well as um, the Black Panther album by Kendrick and TDE. Uh, So let's jump into Culture 2 first. Um, You know, last year, the Migos really burst into the mainstream with their Culture album, um, led by Bad and Bougie, but really bookended by hits like T-Shirt, Slippery, Big on Big, What the Price, songs like that. And almost a year later to the day, it was released on January 26th last year, and Culture 2 came out on the 27th, or flip that. I think uh, Culture 2 came out on the 26th this year. Culture 1 was the 27th last year. Um, So almost a year later to the day, they released Culture 2, which had bigger expectations from all of us considering you know how big they got and how you know good we thought the first culture album was and they definitely have a much bigger audience at this point so you know it seems like maybe they tried to match those expectations with an incredibly long album um 24 songs um it's almost twice the amount of songs as last year's offering um, and that's one of the main things that people have to say about Culture 2. It's too long. And, you know, that wouldn't be an issue if 75%, 70% of the album was quality and, like, you know, something, you know, interesting and new. Um, but it's not. And, you know, I get it. The Migos decided to finesse the whole streaming rules um, by flooding the charts um, with songs from the album, you know, they they flooded the charts with as many songs as possible. But the thing is, is that with most of the the album, it sounds like one it sounds like one long song by Migos, you know, like if you if you zone out, you know, you might forget, you know, where you what song you were listening to when you started Cause it's all kind of in the same style, talking about the same things. It's something that I call, you know, the Migos haze, like the haze of like you, you start listening to that album, and you know you kind of get lost in the haze because it's more of the same, more of the same, and then you cut, you snap back into it, and you're like, yo, I don't even remember what song I was listening to. Um, you know, there's not enough experimenting on this album, not enough to break you from that haze. You know, I personally put together a playlist of the 13 to 14 songs that I really like from the album. And that playlist plays much better than the album we got. And it still contains the singles that they released, which was Motorsport, Superstars, Stir Fry. You know, another issue lyrically, an album this long works against Migos because it showcases just how few things or few types of things they really have to say. I can't even count how many times they referenced a paddock watch, how icy their jewelry was, insert some metaphor about it being wet, slippery, or how they would just shoot somebody, you know, for looking at them wrong. Like, it was the same references over and over. And when you have 24 songs, we're going to start to notice that you're just saying the same things. It's like, not even different references, like the same references. Yeah, your ice is wet because it's, you know, it's jewelry. 
It's icy. You know, the diamonds. You know, we get it. Ice. <laughs> you know. But, you know, where Culture 2 did shine was in the places where they decided, you know, to take some chances. You know, it sh- it it shined when Drake came through to deliver a short but much needed verse to, you know, break from that haze. You know, uh, it shined when they did their thing over that Spanish sounding beat on Narcos and their ad libs were <laughs> just crazy like Arribas and stuff like that. You know, it shined when they appealed to our pop and R&B sensibilities on Gang Gang, Top Down on the North. Um, you know, never have I thought I needed someone to commiserate with my need for nachos, but Takeoff did just that. Sure, he was talking about money, but, you know, all I want is nachos. Like, I just needed someone to sing that. Now now I have a melody for that when I want it. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I've never really heard Migos softly reflect on anything, but it was refreshing to hear on Top Down on the North or Made Men, you know, the sax led beat on Two Player was much needed for Migos and Two Chains to really shine. And there were still those hard trap songs on the album that slap like Open It Up, even though Open It Up was basically Dead's part two. It's the same producer, the same intro, that same, uh, ooh, open it up. Like that's the the same thing they did on Dead's from Culture. It was almost like, you know, the producer made both of those beats and they just chose one for one album and one for the next. But it slaps. So does Too Much Jewelry, Emoji a Chain, and both of those last two songs saw Quavo doing some weird runaway by Kanye like auto tune at the end of the track like it was fun like it was them doing something that we're not you know used to um but those songs can get lost in that haze when you've been listening to Migos for over 90 minutes rapping about the same thing so all in all you know I I do enjoy like the 13 song playlist that I have and if you are friends with me on Apple Music you can see that on my profile um that playlist um but they need to take more chances on culture three or whatever it's going to be called um because if not we might not be able to tolerate much more of the same so that's how i feel about culture two um now let's talk about black panther the album it's finally here you know we've been waiting on black panther for so long the movie and now it's here, you know, in a couple of a couple of days, we'll be able to see it. I'll be going on Thursday, probably Saturday. You know, we grew more impatient when we learned that Kendrick and TDE will be curating the soundtrack because that's that's next level. And the album's Fuego is straight fire. Um, it's been on repeat since Friday. You know, I never read the comics. So, you know, my interpretation of of. You know, the album doesn't have much of that context as far as to like to the movie. So I don't want to ruin anything for myself as well as like I don't, you know, know the full plot because I haven't read the comics and stuff like that or the characters. But I can definitely judge the music and the music is great. You know, the album is primarily produced by Soundwave, who is a longtime TD producer. But it also sees production from so many other people like Mike Will Made It. Cardo, Illmind, Kendrick, Bad Bad Not Good, and a lot more. You know, Kendrick is present on every single song in one way or another, whether that be a verse, a hook, some ad-libs. You know, he's credited on every track. So you can tell that he really took that curating thing to heart and made sure that he had a part of every single song. Um, Everybody on TDE is present except for Isaiah Rashad, which seems weird to me. Like it was weird to the point that I I felt like I needed to look up and see if he was still part of TDE. And judging by everything I've seen, he is. Like on Twitter, he's still um, retweeting everything about the Black Panther, everything about you know Sir's album that came out. Um, so I don't I don't get it. Um, it seems weird to have everybody from TDE on that project i guess sir wasn't on it but most of td was on that project um except for isaiah and sir so that that's weird but you know it is what it is you know the album is masterfully engineered 
showcases a lot of talent, so much talent that it's really hard to to keep track. So I'm going to talk about this album track by track. You know, it's not as consistent and cohesive as like a typical Kendrick project, but you know that's to be expected conceptually. I didn't really expect like a to pimp a butterfly or damn type uh thought put into this project but i did expect great music and for there to be some sort of you know cohesion and i think i did get that um so the opening track black panther you know you see kendrick rapping from the perspective of t'challa the main character played by chadwick boseman um and this song was primarily produced by kendrick um, it features like a piano driven melody that kind of intensifies halfway through the song. And then there are some like really intense drums introduced uh, sporadically throughout. Um, Kendrick spits a verse that could easily draw some similarities to his own career with him being the king of the rap game, T'Challa being the king of Wakanda now and, you know, all of that. And it's it's a dope way to to enter the album with Kendrick spitting, you know, fiercely as he is wont to do um, and really giving us a vibe for what we're going to get. Then they jump into All the Stars, which is the first song to be released from the album. Um, SZA and Kendrick delivering a pop R&B centric song where they wax poetic about love and loyalty. Two themes that were present in Damn. Um, and that's one thing about this album is that Kendrick stays true to himself throughout the project. You know, he didn't sell out for a soundtrack, so to speak. Like, every everything that he spits on the songs is something that I could hear him spitting on another album. Like, he, you know, he, kept, he stayed true to his message. Um, SZA's coming off a monster year, and she sounds amazing on this track, and they really demonstrate the amazing chemistry um, between the two of them. Um, the next song was 10. I had to play this on repeat when I first heard it. You know, I really wasn't ready for the energy of this song. It caught me off guard. I was walking to the bus to go to work in the morning um, when I first heard it. And I was just like, it makes you instantly bob your head and just like want to turn up. Like it's, it's, it's too dope. Kendrick delivers a quotable and anthem like hook. Are you on 10 yet? Wait, are you on 10 yet? Like it's like that. You're going to be hearing that. Well, yeah, you're going to be hearing that in the club. I was just thinking, I was like, wait, are they allowed to play that in the club? Cause it's from a soundtrack. I'm tweaking. I'm tripping. Um, you're going to be hearing that at parties in the club all the time. That's a, that's a turn up track. Um, and hook and the album in general highlights a few South African artists um, and, you know, I think they, they did that to give it some authenticity, um, with, with the story of the movie, like Wakanda's not a real place, but judging off where they, you know, placed it, um, for the movie wise, it's somewhere like around East Africa between Uganda and Kenya, but Kendrick and TDE decided to get a bunch of, uh, South African artists to, um, to give that feel um, to the album. So first up was uh, Saudi. He's from Soweto or Soweto. I'm not actually sure how to say that. Um, he comes in with a verse that's primarily in Zulu. Um, that kind of resembles something similar to Travis Scott or Future. Schoolboy Q comes in with his signature flow and cadence. Kills his verse. Not even Kimble, Kendrick can humble me. Um, then the beat switches to like a minimal melody and 2 Chains delivers a fire verse with background vocals from Kendrick. The vibe is on 10. They all deliver some braggadocious verses about money, watches, drugs, all of that. You really got to give it up to Soundwave and Ill Mind though for this beat because the production, you know, this song wouldn't give you that energy if the production wasn't as fire as it is. Um, so then, and one thing I've noticed at this point was until like maybe the last four tracks, the vibe switches up with every song, but it's still cohesive. So you get, you know, you get like this, you know, rap heavy song at the start. Then you go to All the Stars, which is pop R&B. Then you get this turn up with X. And then the next song, which is The Ways, is this very smooth, um, smooth joint with Khaled and Sway Lee, 
you know, in, in a collaboration where I wasn't quite sure what to expect, Khaled and Sway Lee delivered one of my favorite tracks from the project. You know, they get together to show their love for the power girls in their lives. Bad Bad Not Good delivered a laid back beat with Soundwave that allowed their voices to sound so, you know, ethereal over the melodies. Um, Sway Lee, yo, he shocked me the most. He came in so smoothly. I didn't really know what to expect from Sway Lee, but yo, when he came in after that hook, I was like, yo, Sway, okay, I can see you. You being the Beyonce of Ray Shrimmer, I, I see you stepping out. Um, and that point in the song where Kendrick and Sway are, are going back and forth, or Kendrick's repeating Sway Lee's like lyrics, it's, it's just flames. It really is. This is one of my favorite tracks off the, off of the, the project. Um, and then the energy switches again, and then we get Ops which is an up-tempo song with a heavy bass. Vince Staples is on it. Um, and the vibe of this song sounds exactly like a song that could have been featured on Vince Staples' latest album, Big Fish Theory. Like, you know, it's very up-paced, up, or up-tempo um, song, heavy bass. Like, it's moving. Like, it's, it's really moving at a fast pace. And it's got that vibe that Vince channeled um, throughout that entire album, you know, and it saw on that album, you saw Kendrick and Vince collaborating as well on, I think it was called Yeah Right. And they both deliver some great verses here, but Yugen Blackrock had the standout appearance on this album. She delivered the final verse. She's another South African rapper. She's from Johannesburg. Um, and she delivered a lyrically rich fire verse that stole the show. Like, like her, her, her verse was deep. She has some serious bars. So talented. Yugen Blackrock. And so it's just another example of Kendrick, you know, showcasing, you know, the South African artists and these other artists, um, you know, on this project. So then it switches again. And then we get I Am. Um, and Soundwave really showed out on this, on this album. Like, he produced the majority of the songs, and it's an incredibly produced album, and this is an incredibly produced song. You know, it's Georgia Smith, you know, there's an, she does, or I don't know if she's the one singing, but it starts with an interpolation of Drugs, You Should Try It by Travis Scott um, in the beginning, and then Georgia sings, she really sings. Like, every time I've heard her, you know, since... I've heard of her. She slayed everything. You know, she got that blue light song on my mind was on my top 40 list from last year. Um, get it together off of Drake's more life. You know, she is incredibly talented and I think she is really set to blow up, you know, over this guitar led production before Kendrick comes in and adds some outro effects. She's singing so gloriously. Like, it's fantastic. I love Georgia Smith. Her voice is great. And, you know, Soundwave gave her the best beat he could possibly give her for her to really showcase her talents. So then we switch it up again. And then we get one of the hardest songs on the track, on the project. And that's Paramedic. So this is Kendrick and S-O-B-R-B-E bringing the West Coast to Wakanda. The beat is perfect all by itself. So first, shout out to Soundwave, DJ, Dahi, and Q-Beats. Um, but, you know, Kendrick kind of takes a, a back seat and defers on this song. S-O-B-R-B-E, they're the ones who really show out. So they're an upcoming rap group from Vallejo, California. Uh, Slimmy B, Lil G, Da Boy, and Young T.O. Those are the four artists. This joint is street through and through. All four members of the group deliver some aggressive verses with Kendrick. You know, they're certain their toughness and what happens when you cross a bunch of California niggas. You know, and Kendrick is basically playing second fiddle to the group as he ad-libs, adds parts to each of their verses while he delivers the simple hook. Um, but he allows them to shine on this joint. 
Um, and they really do. Like this, for the most part, this is our introduction to SOBRB, and it was a fantastic way for us to be introduced. I'm sure people in Cali have already heard of them, been rocking with them, but most of us from the other parts of the world haven't. I had never heard of them, um, and I definitely, definitely listened to a bunch of their songs after this. The beat, the beat needed a paramedic after they were done with it because they, they definitely murdered it. They really did. Um, so then we get Bloody Waters. In this track, Anderson Pack and James Blake kind of deliver some hooks and outros between some very lyrical verses by Ab Soul. You know, he consistently shows himself to be one of the most lyrical rappers on TDE. Um, the beat has some serious island vibes about it, and Pack and James Blake fit in nicely sandwiched around Solo's wit and intelligence on Wax. Like, if you really pick apart his two verses on Bloody Waters, like, there's so much lyricism and wordplay there that is wild. And that's really what you get from Ab Solo on any track. So he stayed true to himself on this one. Then we jump into King's Dead, which was the second track released from the album. Now, this song would have been great with just Kendrick, Future, and J-Rock's first verses. But then Kendrick delivered that second verse from the perspective of Killmonger, who was the villain in the movie. And he took it to another level. This is the verse that he ended his Grammys performance with, where everybody, all the dancers were like falling with every gunshot. Um, And similar to the second verse of DNA, when Kendrick kicks it up a notch and delivers those lyrically heavy aggressive verses he can't be stopped after a bunch more listens of this that like goosebumps like high-pitched thing that future tries to do kind of imitating what kendrick did on goosebumps with travis scott i it doesn't bother me as much but future still shouldn't have done that what were you doing bro we didn't we didn't need that um but Kendrick killed it. Uh, he delivered a dope verse from the perspective of the villain. Um, and it'll be interesting once I watch the movie to see just how you know related a lot of the lyrics were to the actual story. So I'm excited to you know be able to explore the album even more after I've got more context. Um, so then we jump into Redemption Interlude. There's nothing like an R&B interlude like this to cleanse your palate during an album. Zakari and Kendrick clearly enjoy working with each other now. Zakari did the hook for Love off of Damn. Um, and he was on like three songs on this project. Um, I couldn't find much about Hakeem Carter, who does that like distorted voice at the end of the interlude. Um, except that he's a 17 year old artist. Uh, and producer from California. He also produced the entire song with Kendrick. But the vibe of this track is amazing. It's something that you kind of wish was a full song. And that's maybe the the thing that you want most from an interlude is for people to want more, you know, and for it to add to the album. So then it jumps into Redemption. Zakari returns for the upbeat hook to this song. It's got an Afrobeat house feel to it. And then some more South African artists really take over the heavy lifting of the song. And that's Babes Wodumo and Mapincha. And they're from Durban, South Africa. Um, and they perform, you know, most of the song in Zulu. The song has an incredible feel to it. Makes you want to dance. Teddy Walton did most of the production for this. He also produced Love, Off Damn, and Crew. Um, you know, he really showed out here, showcasing his versatility as a producer. And like I said, I can't discount how great Zakari sounded throughout the entire album. He he really has a, a great chorus throughout this entire song. So then we jump to Seasons, which I think may be the best track on the album. And actually, I think that is what I'm that's what I'm saying is the best track on the album. It's my favorite track from the project. Um, In this track, Java, who's another South African singer, he's from Johannesburg. Uh, he performs his entire verse in Zulu, but, you know, he delivers a very thought-provoking verse about his struggles coming from Africa and uh, how Africa struggles with poverty um, and how people look at Africa. And he basically says, like, that Africa, you know, as a, a continent should keep their head up, you know, and get rid of all the negativity because they'll be able to, you know, grow and be, you know, 
more self-sufficient one day. Um, and then Mozzie, who is a Sacramento rapper, and Reason, who is a rapper from Delamo, they both deliver verses about living in poverty and living as a black person in America, where Reason really stole the show. Although it's hard to say that because Java, you know, his whole verse in Zulu, but also that hook poverty, like that whole thing, um, you know, coupled with his Zulu verse is very powerful. But then Reason came through at the end and delivered like one of the dopest verses, you know. Um, It was especially poignant. And the swelling of the strings that came in and the beat during his verse definitely had a severe impact on, you know, you know how you feel when you're listening to it but this is definitely one of the most introspective tracks from the album just another example of how collaboration can really deliver some incredible things and shout out to Kendrick and TDE for you know getting these people together for this joint so then we switch the vibe up to something a little bit more fun on Big Shot and that's when we get Kendrick and Travis delivering a song that's kind of in Travis's wheelhouse but Kendrick brings his own flavor to it as well he interpolates um, his own verse from Rich the Kid's new Freezer verse um, into the beginning of his verse on this the beat is mad playful it features another flute as the lead we're never gonna get rid of that flute um you know it's kind of like portland but with kendrick and travis taking the lead instead and then the album finishes up with pray for me um, which is kendrick and the weekend and this song has the most soundtrack feel to it you know i think the weekend's voice was kind of made for that big picture stage you know it's mad inspirational you're the hero you need you know, you're the hero you want to see. It's all inside that type of music, but it's a great listen. It made sense to end the album with this. Kendrick delivered a solid verse. The weekend sounded incredible. It was a great end to an exceptional, exceptional album. And, you know, I think this album succeeded in a way that was similar to more life. I'm not comparing them musically, but I think that they succeeded in similar ways. You know, it featured and shined a light on so many artists that we may not have heard of previously. Kendrick didn't dominate the project, so it didn't really seem like a Kendrick album. Instead, he chose to uplift other artists while continuing to showcase his versatility. It showed that TDE can do no wrong. You know, don't forget Day Free and the Lil Homies did the music video for All the Stars. So, you know, TDE was all through the soundtrack and the rollout um, for this album. You know, album of the year potential? Definitely. It's a wildly entertaining and well-curated project with standout performances from so many artists. Um, and it'll live on well past the moment when the Black Panther credits roll, you know, when that curtain closes. You know, I'm excited to see how many of the songs or how some of the songs might find their way into the movie if they do it all. You know, there is an official score um, for the movie that will be released on the 16th. Um, it's done by Ludwig Gorenson, who is the dude who produces pretty much all of Childish Gambino's music. Um, so that score is also in good hands. Um, but because there's an actual score, who knows how much of this soundtrack finds its way into the movie. But that'll be interesting to find out. Um, but either way, I think this album is a win for Kendrick, a win for TDE, a win for South Africa, for every artist featured, for Black Panther, for Marvel, and absolutely for our ears. I'm excited to watch the movie um, you know, and get some more context and just generally excited to get more Kendrick because, you know, after he released Damn last year, um, you know, I wasn't expecting, you know, to get more music from him until like 2020. And that's just that's just real. Um, maybe into 2019. But, you know, this is similar to what he did with Untitled Unmastered. It's a much better project, but, you know, he had just released A Pimp a Butterfly, wasn't expecting to get anything from him for another two years, and then he dropped off the throwaways of Untitled Unmastered, which did give us some gems that we still listen to. Untitled 7 slaps, Untitled 2 is dope. Um, So it's dope to get um, this project by Kendrick and so many TD stars and new artists that we can look into um, while also seeing Kendrick, you know, be a curator and you know challenge his creativity in making a project like this so win 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 for everybody involved it's a dope project you definitely need to 
play it on repeat. Um, I can't wait to see the movie this weekend, this week. Um, I'm very excited about that. Um, So that's it for the podcast this week. This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Make sure to tell your friends. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, hopefully I'll be back next week with another episode, maybe an artist spotlight. You know, there's a lot of new artists, um, you know, that I've been introduced to that I want to introduce you all to. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, thank you all for tuning in. Have a happy Valentine's Day. Get that podcast newsletter and I'll see you soon. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.